Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. continue on in our series today called Still. Look at somebody and say Still. And I know there's kids in the room. I know that we have a whole family. So so I'm going to try to uh, make it easy on, on the kids today. But also, I want to give you a little doctrine. How many of you are okay with that? How many know that doctrine isn't just for people that have been in the Lord for 50 years, right? Did you know that you already have doctrine? Yeah? Did you know that you already have doctrine? So when we talk about the Christmas narrative, the story, many times we look at the book of Luke and we look at the book of Matthew, right? That's where it's at in the scripture. However, John talks about the Christmas story, not so much about the Christmas story, but he explains what is actually happening. So it goes beyond the narrative of wise men and angels and shepherds and virgin births and all this stuff. And he talks about actually what is happening during the Christmas story. How many know there was something happening other than just what we see, right? Just, not just, not just a pretty picture of a of a postcard or something that you're going to share on social media there's actually something happening so John tells us in John chapter 1 he says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God now when it says the word word here the word word the word here is Jesus everyone say Jesus is the word Jesus is the word so it says he was with God in the beginning, he the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. How many know that Jesus always was? He always was the word. And through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And I think a lot of people look at a Christmas card or they look at a nativity scene and they don't recognize him for who he really is. They see a baby laying in a manger and they think that's the end of the story. Beloved, that's just the beginning of our story. It's just the beginning of our story. He was in the world, though the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word, here it is, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word, Jesus, who always was, took on flesh and made his dwelling, made the earth the place where he lived. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full, everybody say full, full of grace and truth. Christmas is about the incarnation. Say incarnation. Incarnation just means this, word made flesh. God 
made flesh. The word, the, the, the literal word incarnation means to put on a body. To put on a body. Jesus always was. And then he said, I'm going to put on a body. And what I love about the story and what I love about the incarnation is that Jesus didn't have a body. And then he does have a body. And now he will forever have a body. Isn't it awesome that he didn't always take on flesh, but he'll always have flesh. The word made flesh. The word advent, when we talk about, how many of y'all have advent calendars, right? You're counting down something that's coming. The word advent actually means coming. So when we talk about Christmas, we're talking about the coming of God. Not that God wasn't already here, but God came with flesh. He came with tangibility. He came with skin on. Jesus is always the word. Now the word takes on flesh. It was more than a moment in human history. It's actually a moment in eternal history. It's it's kind of like this paper and proclamation words. All the things that were spoken about, the God who was talked about, the, the God that was written about, now is in human form. He became an, uh, an actual person that we could connect with. Emmanuel, God with us, God among us. Isaiah 7, 14, here's, here's the prophecy right here. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is with us. So why? Why is this so important? The reason why, listen, why is Christmas so important? Is it important because it's the most wonderful time of the year and we have gifts and we decorate and we do all this stuff? No, no, Christmas is celebrating. Yeah, family, why is this so important? We're getting to that. It's important because we are celebrating that God has come to us. That it wasn't necessarily about us coming to God, but God said, I'm coming to you. So why? Why the incarnation? Why is it so important? Why do we make us such a big deal about Christmas? Because we're saying God is here. He is still here. He wasn't just in in a nativity scene, come on, 2,000 years ago in the desert. No, no, no. He's alive in human hearts today because of the incarnation. Because of what happened that day. Why the incarnation? Why did God have to take on flesh? Number one is to reveal God. The ideas about God before Jesus showed up were all abstract. There was no clarity. There were some prophets. There were some priests that kind of connected with God. But the general population had no idea who God was. So God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you who I am. And how does he do it? He does it with humility. He does it subtly. And he does it suddenly. You know, sometimes it takes a long time for God to move suddenly. Right? And then all of a sudden, God does it. And we forget about the pain. We forget about the travel. We forget about the journey because he has come. And don't we love the way that he comes in a manger, right? The bread of life in a, in a feeding trough, right? The, the shepherds, speaking of the great shepherd. The shepherds being led by a higher shepherd. The lamb being found by the shepherd. What is it? What is it? It's the method. See, the method is the message, The method that we see in the Christmas story is the message. The message is God stooped down and took on flesh, 
humbly. What kind of king leaves his throne? Jesus reveals God. This is what the incarnation is about. It is to reveal God. Jesus reveals God in his fullness. We have beheld his glory. The glory of the one, the glory of God revealed in Jesus. What does God look like? Jesus. See, Jesus is the way to the, we know this, Jesus is the way to the Father. Right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man can see him. But listen, Jesus is also the way of the Father. Jesus looks just like the Father. Jesus shows what God looks like. Jesus is, get this, fully God. Jesus got rid of the mystery. He got rid of the assumptions, and he said, this is what good God looks like. Here I am. Have you ever met someone? Maybe you, you connected with them on social media, or you talked to them on a the phone, or you saw a picture of them, and you were like, wow, that, that seems like a really brilliant person, or maybe you even met them in person, and then when you get to know them, you're kind of like, oh, you're different than I thought you were. And I believe this is why so many people miss Jesus, because they thought God was different than he was. So when he shows up full of grace and truth, many, as we read in the, the passage, didn't recognize him. Many didn't recognize him because they thought he was angry. Because they thought he was unloving. That he thought he was not merciful. And he shows up this way. He came to that which was his own, but they did not receive him. See, this is the deal with Jesus. He came to reveal God to us. He didn't change God's nature. He revealed it. The nature he changed is ours. Jesus changes our nature so we can receive God for the God that he is. He cleansed our lens and, and gave us a peek behind the curtain. In fact, he didn't just give us a peek behind the curtain. He tore the curtain down. He said, this is who I am. You've been searching for God all these years. This is who I am. I'm here. Philip, in John 14, he's, he says, Jesus, just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. We're, we're good. If you just show us the Father, we'll be golden. That's all we want. And Jesus says, Philip, have you, have, you, have, you not, have you not been with me this whole time? Have you not been with me these three years? He says this. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I look just like my dad. So the incarnation is important because it reveals God to us. The second reason is this, is, is the, the reason why the incarnation, why the incarnation is so he could be present, so he could be here. here. This is what this series is all about. Still, he's still here. I, I love it that, that God has made his, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a phone call. It's not a Zoom meeting. How many of y'all are, are sick of Zoom meetings or FaceTimes? If I never log into Zoom again, I'll be so happy. Do not like those meetings. Have you guys seen this video? He's on TikTok. Have you guys seen this? I think we have this, this video here. This guy that's like at a football game. He's a Ravens fan. In that hot dog, right? So now there are worse things to be than a Ravens fan, right? A Cowboys fan. Um, but um, I was subtle. All right. Um, but here's this guy, right? Shows up. But he's, he's really not at the meeting. And I think sometimes we think God is that way. He's, he's really not here. Jesus isn't really here. He's, he's just kind of here. He's not really present. 
but he came to reveal God and he came to be present. This is why the incarnation is important. See, it's not about presence at Christmas. We know that, but it's about presence at Christmas. Jesus is here. He's among us. He came to fellowship with us, to connect with us. And he didn't just come to, to, to live on the earth so we could write good stories about it. Right? He didn't come to the earth, just come to the earth. He took a seat at the table. He took a seat at our table. He took a seat at your table. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants more than your phone number. He wants more than your social media handle. He wants to sit at your table. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to reveal himself as present. And he is here. Will you make room for him? He came to to be there with us and for us. This is why he came, to be present. I will be with you, Jesus says, at the, even until the end of the age. I love the psalmist in Psalm 46.1. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. He's there. He's available. Maybe you've had a troubling year. I know I have. Maybe you've had a troubling two years. I know we all have. But guess what? God was right there in the midst of us. Being present, I, I was telling our staff this past Sunday, I was like, I've had the, the worst and the best year of my life in 2021. It felt like the worst. It really wasn't the worst year of my life. But you know how it is when you're in it and it feels like the worst year of your life. But I've had a rough year. But I've also had an incredible year. I've also like experienced the Lord like I never have before. So even in the midst of trouble and difficulty and hopelessness and frustration and tension and all those things, he's going, I'm here. Just pull up a chair and sit at the table. He came as one of us to rescue us, but he also came as one of us to identify with us. This is why Jesus suffered. This is why Jesus dealt with tension, relational tension, rejection, frustration. Jesus got frustrated. Read the Gospels. He dealt with loneliness. Listen, Jesus dealt with temptation. Jesus came as a man to experience life as a man. He experienced sorrow. He bore our sickness. He took it on. He bore our shame. He took it on himself. Come on, he bore our sin. The things that kept us from him, the the things that kept pushing him away, he took it on himself. And what I love about Jesus is even though he never entered into the activity of sin, he suffered the effects of sin. See, Jesus suffered the effects of your sin so that you don't have to. This is why he came. As a man, I love Hebrews where he, where he talks about this, that Jesus came. He, he went through the temptation. He, he went through the trials, the difficulties. He said, because of this, there's a man in heaven, a physical man in hel- heaven with elbows and earlobes, a physical man representing us to the Father, one who has experienced what we've experienced, who's been troubled by the things that we've been troubled with, and he's there before the Father, and it says this, that we can approach him with boldness. We can approach him with confidence, and he will have mercy and grace for us in our time of need. So when you need him, he's there, and you always need him. So pull up 
a chair to his table. As he pulls up a chair to yours. Come on. So why the incarnation? To reveal God to be present. And number three is to bring us into the family. There's a whole lot of talk about family. Right? I mean, everybody loves the word family. Oh, they're fam. They're fam bam. They're family this. We're the, we're the human family. I've even heard people say this, and you've heard it. We're all the children of God. Listen, if we are all the children of God just by natural birth, then Jesus came for nothing. We were not children of God by natural birth. Scripture actually teaches us that we were at enmity with God, that we were at enemies with God. But I love First John, or, or John chapter 1, right here, what it says. Yet all who did receive him, yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. In our natural state, we didn't have a right to become the children of God. But through the spirit of adoption, through Jesus, who came and dwelt on the earth, he gave us the right. That word exousia right there in the Greek language is governmental authority. You have governmental authority to be a child of God. Not just because you were born or because you did good things, but because God looked at you and he said, I love you. I want you. I'll send Jesus for you. I'll pay a high price to bring you into my family. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. See, Jesus was born of flesh so that we could be born of spirit. Jesus was born of flesh so that we could be born of spirit. So the ark, the incarnation speaks of a new kind of birth. A spiritual birth so that we could experience a new kind of birth. So Jesus experienced a new kind of birth, right? Jesus was never born, yet he was the firstborn of all creation. How does that work? Well, he always was, but then he clothed himself with flesh. There's a, a thing in math. You guys have seen this in math before. If, if you remember, and those of you in the room that might be learning right now, with lines, right? You have a, a line is, is something that goes all the way that way, all the way that way, right? The top one. This is Jesus. Always was, always will be. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus always was. Yet he showed up in human history. He showed up as a man and now he took on that, the nature of man, but he will always be. He always was. He just put on clothes. He put on an earth suit, right? This is your life. This is my life right here. We have a beginning and we have an end, right? It's called a segment. Your life is a segment. You have, if you take care of yourself and you stay safe, You've probably got about 90 years. I'm believing like for 110, but hey, that's me. We'll see, we'll see how I'm feeling in about 30 years if I want to go 110 years. <laughs> that might change. I'm going to be like, Lord, I, I'm done for that segment. But this is, this is what happens with us. When we take on his nature, when we have the born-again experience, we, we, we become what's called a ray. In math, right? An array is a line that has a beginning, but it has no end. 
And see, you had a beginning and you had an end, but because you took on Jesus, because you came to Jesus, because you believed in him, you received him, if you will, you will live forever. You will live forever. You will take on his nature. This is why Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You won't experience it. You must be born a second time. How are you born a second time? You're born a second time by coming to Jesus and saying, listen, I'm dying to my old life. My life on my own is over. I want the life that you have for me. And when we do that and we believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin, that I don't have to atone for my sins, that Jesus atones for my sins, and I surrender to his lordship, he says, I will put no end to your life. You will live forever with me. A new kind of birth so that we could experience a new kind of birth. Born again. Born again. This is why Jesus was born. Jesus was born so you could be reborn. This is why Jesus was born. This is why the incarnation is important. It's important because it reveals who he is. It reveals that he is with us, that he is Emmanuel, and it brings us in to the family of God. And when you're in the family of God, you live forever. So here's the deal. Jesus is still a word. Jesus is still the word. In fact, Jesus is the final word. I, I love being a charismatic Christian. I love Pentecost. I love the gifts of the spirit. But sometimes we, we get kind of crazy. And we run around and we go, I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. You ever said that? I've said it. Lord, I need a word. I got a word for you. It's the word. It's the final word. The word is Jesus. Jesus is the word that you need. Today you said, I just, I just need something in my life. You need the word. You need the word that is Jesus because in the word Jesus, you have all that you need. You have healing for your sickness. Come on. You, you, you got sonship instead of shame. You have redeemed instead of broken. You have the one who provides everything that you need in his word, in his name. In his name is hope. In his name, he offers hope for sinners. And we do one thing really well. We sin. Sinners sin. And I'm not here to condemn you. Jesus didn't come to condemn sinners. He came to rescue sinners. And I love it that God moves first. While we were yet sinners, Romans 5.8, while we were sinners, while we were messed up, while you were in rebellion, when you were rejecting God, when you were angry at God, when you were an enemy with God, Christ died for you. He died for you to rescue you. God in the flesh, fully God, dies for you that you might experience a new life. Hope in times of trouble. Hope in 2021. Hope whenever you 
look at all the stats and all the news. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the news. And it's okay that you're sick of the news because there's always going to be a news that's better than the news that you read. And the news is this, is that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and took on humanity and clothed himself to rescue you. And he lives forever and you can live forever with him. Will you stand with me in this room?